And just like that, the first playoff event of the season is over with. Congrats to Simon Lazat and Owen Scoggins for taking down the wins at D-Glow. Uh, what a fun event. That was, that was a good time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Putt Stuff. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by my good buddies, Pete and Dalen. What is going on, fellas? I was this Close, close to another double victory, another double pick. It's the only way you get them. Uh, well, me, well, me too. <laughs> I did get one, which uh, I guess was Owen Scoggins' first elite level or higher win, which I did not realize. But I went back and looked at her win history, and that is correct. Before this, she'd ever... She's won uh, Silver Series. She's won, like, special events like the match play last year. She's won, like, amateur majors, uh, but never an Elite Series or higher for uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour until now. Did the so. match play championship not count as an Elite event last year? No, it's not technically part of the Pro Tour. It's a special event. Interesting. Okay. Because it's, like, not, like, a tr- it's not traditional style right. play. Right, yeah. So. Well, Dalen, how how are you? Before I just skip over you and you get mad at me again, <laughs> I'm doing great. Just vibing over there, like always. Yeah. I'm just I'm just chilling. <laughs> they were both uh, the FBO. Like it seemed like Owen ran away with it for a while, but Ella tried Ella to made make a run. comeback. Yeah, um, she she definitely made a run for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought it was a pretty fun event. Uh, the MPO side was very tight going into that that last round. Uh, I I don't know how many people were within a stroke or two of each other, but I felt like the entire top ten, maybe even top fifteen, going into Sunday had a chance. Uh, there was a lot lot of people right there, very close together. But Simon, man, I, so you want to hear a crazy stat? This was a four-round event. You want to know what Simon Lazat was sitting at after the first two rounds? Uh, what was Simon Lazat sitting at after the first two like rounds? He was at minus. He was pretty low because he, he shot was like at, an amazing third and fourth round. He was at nine under, and he finished the event at 30 under. He had wow. 21 under over the last two days. That's why he ended up winning. Yeah, Eagle and Simon were tied going into the fourth day, and we didn't really talk about this because I didn't realize, like, it's hard to see what changes are made to courses before, you know, it starts. They added a lot of OB OB. to uh, the course. They were talking about it, and they were like, there are things where, like, they put OB in places that people really aren't supposed to be anyway, so it's like just adds a little bit of difficulty there. And the very first hole, Eagle missed a circle two putt that hit the basket and rolled. I want to say it didn't roll very far. It was only maybe like 10 feet, but it rolled and went out of bounds. And yep. so they went from being tied to Simon having a two-stroke lead, and Eagle was just never able to catch him after that. Yeah, and that was really the big difference maker. Eagle finishing three strokes behind Simon. But if you don't have that roll away, you you know stay tied with them. Maybe you make a move a little later on uh, and pick up that extra stroke. Yeah, or even if it's just one stroke, like yeah, going out of bounds. Like because Simon big putted him too. Simon putted yep. before him and made it even farther from circle two. 
and that put pressure on Eagle and just made him go out of bounds. And it was just like the vibe from the start was like Eagles not catching him. Like that's just what it felt like the whole round. And there, there was a, a move by Simon, I believe it was on hole 16, that if it had only been a one-stroke lead, I don't think he makes this move. But basically, it's it the way they adjusted that hole is it plays an, as, as an island hole. Um, it's surrounded by OB. And everybody on the card ended up going OB. But Simon knew the caddy book. And basically, the way it, it stated is if you go OB long... You play where you went out of bounds, whereas everybody else, if you don't even make it onto the island, then you you play from the drop zone. And Eagle drove before Simon and went OB, uh, and then Simon decided to go OB long because OB long, if he plays from where he went out, it's only like a 10-foot putt versus the 40, 45-foot putt from the drop zone. And so he played for the par on that hole intentionally, forcing Eagle to try and also match his par from the drop zone, which he didn't do, and picked up the bogey. So Simon gained an extra stroke that way, which I thought was, like, that's that's a very smart pro move from a guy that, that was in control yeah. the entire Watching time. Watching the reactions from <clears throat> Terry Miller and Nate Sexton, and I think it was Nate Doss is the other guy that was yep. there this week. Um, Watching their reaction, what? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> like while they figured out like what the heck was going on and why Simon did that. Like Yeah, and it, it's, it was incredible. It I'd say it's a little controversial of a call too because it's very tough to see if he actually crossed that back line, but there is a incredibly tall tree that he hit close to the top of uh, that sits right there on that back border. So it's assumed that he probably crossed it, but he, he nicked the top of the tree and bounced back OB left. Yeah. Um, but initially went OB long. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that was a very crazy, crazy move going down the stretch. Yeah, that's pretty much what sealed it for Simon. Own, I think, had a big uphill putt on hole 15. That kind of was like, okay, yeah, you're not catching me, Ella. I'm sorry. Like, cause yeah. Ella was getting there. Ella was getting there, and uh, Owen was just able to put her away there at the end. We also have to talk about Calvin Heimberg. Two, two, like almost three hundred foot throw-ins. Yeah, within five holes of each other. Yeah, that's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin, Calvin said, "Tell me it's luck." He Two got eagles. minus seven through five holes. He went eagle, birdie, 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 eagle. Minus seven to stay up um, to have a top five finish, which only is his second worst finish of the year. So, um, <laughs> Top five, second worst finish. <laughs> like, what was his first worst finish? Sixth. <laughs> well no no wait because he also finished he finished 13th at champions cup i'm pretty sure did he yeah he okay. has he has one outlier that's like really bad really bad i'm gonna look this up I got how many it. times have you come in 13th oh he got <laughs> he got said, 16th at champions cup so that's like his one i say really bad really bad for him this year <laughs> 
really brings his his average down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technically, it brings his average up. What? Just to recap uh, the top five on the MPO side of things, you had Calvin Heimberg and Kevin Jones uh, tied for fifth at 24 under. Cole Rodallin and Chris Dickerson tied for third at 25 under. Eagle Eagle McMahon coming in second at 27 under. And Simon Lazat getting the win. Uh, second, second Pro Tour win this year. Was that right? For Simon, yeah, after Music City opens. Music so City, that's right. Five elite wins in two seasons. So that's, I mean, pretty good run for him, even after, uh, you know, three of those with Discmania and two of those after switching to MVP. So doesn't matter what the discs are. They all fly well for him. Uh, on the FPO side of things, tied for fourth, you had Missy Gannon and Holland Hanley at 15 under, Cat Merch in third at 18 under. Ella Hansen in second at 23 under and just getting the two-stroke victory. Owens Goggins at 25 under. Owens been on a bit of a tear lately. She's uh she's taking advantage of Kristen not being there. Well, yeah, and then just uh she took that long break after the Portland Open yep. and came back and um she won the Mid America Open second at. The Ledgestone Open, second at Idlewild, first at... I mean, she's had a great season already, but this yeah. was like... She's in it to... like She was in all these to win it. Because some of her other like second-place finishes, like she was second at Champions Cup, but Kristen Tatar was like so far ahead of every... Like, was so far ahead of her. Yeah. Like, even at second place, it didn't really feel like she was in it, so... Which really, what's what's crazy is I feel like those two women are... Probably the two with the most control on tour. Like, you don't think of either one of them having a crazy arm as far as distance, but they both are, have that pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, and they're both great. Owen Scoggins is a little bit of an aggressive putter, and it can come back to bite her sometimes, but which Owen lacks in distance, she makes up for with how, like, her putting power. Like, it's crazy. And then obviously, uh, her forehand is in the FPO field, pretty unmatched. Yeah. You had something to say, Dalen? It was, it's too late. The moment's passed. No, say it. Uh, I was going to say that's what they say about you, but I don't remember what I was saying that to. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, speaking of Tatar, um, we, even though she did not play in the, uh us this week we do have to talk about her because she had a still making history even outside the u.s uh kristen tatar played at the european disc golf championship uh this past weekend and won the event by a lot of strokes but in her i believe it was the second round shot a uh 1054 rated round which is the fifth highest in FPO history, not just like um, pro events, FPO division, period. The fifth highest round in history. Three of those ahead of her are owned by Paige Pierce, and one is owned by Katrina Allen, but she's only, that was only five rating points behind Paige Pierce's first place, which is, was back in 2018 at the Jonesboro Open. I'm telling um, you. She's she's trying to get that. 
thousand did you rating. S- did you see in her final round she still won by three sh- three strokes, but she shot a plus eight. Really, <laughs> an eight ninety two rated round in her in the finals. I mean, she why she, why did she even That's have to try? Crazy. She was so far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. She was down 19 in the third round, 11 in the fourth. Plus eight for her. That's yeah. that's what happened there. Which is to, uh, I'm trying to make sure I'm getting the right number here. Kristen Tatar's highest rated round before that was um, actually last at the end of last season at the MVP Open, or the OTP Open at M- no, sorry. Blah, blah, blah. OTB Open last this past year, she was at ten thirty four. So, added an additional twenty points there. Yeah, incredible things that Kristen Tatar is doing, and the division should still be terrified when she comes back for Worlds next week. I have a question. Yeah, does it really count if it happened in Europe? I mean, <laughs> go ask Paul Macbeth. That's where he's been all season. Well, that makes sense because he's hiding. That's <laughs> true. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Can't embarrass myself if I'm not playing anybody. That's what I always say. Oh man, I I I do wonder what she's gonna look like when she comes over for worlds, just because of the fact that like the level of competition in Europe isn't as good as the states and so it's not like she spent the whole european tour there true. with paul Macbeth. like true. she just went to europe and stayed a few weeks because she's leading in points and doesn't have to do anything else and she also lives there yeah and that she is uh i, I listen missy gannon and own scoggins are trying to close that gap in in points <laughs> uh currently missy is a hundred and Forty, hundred and forty-six points behind her. So, if we're talking about points, that means it's time for point standings. I mean, I just wanted to do an intro. (laughs) (laughs) Little bit of movement on the MPO side of things, uh, still largely unchanged for the most part. But in fifth place is Ricky Wysocki. Fourth is Eagle Eagle McMahon. Third is Gannon Burr. Second is Isaac Robinson. And first is still Calvin Heinberg. How because did Isaac? I guess this was an elite plus, and Isaac got Isaac seventh. had a better finish. Isaac got seventh, and Gannon got tenth. So I just thought Gannon was way further ahead of him. No, they've been neck and neck in points all season. So, which this is what I'm saying. Like, it's crazy that Isaac has the one major win, and Gannon has five wins total, three of which are elite, two silvers. And as it sits currently, Isaac Robinson is 12 points ahead of him. That's a, it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's weird how all that math has worked out. The games are made up and the points don't matter. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Vinny, Vinny is still holding down the first spot. He is, oh, math, uh, 200 and, Oh, not 200, 200, 175 points ahead of Isaac uh, in in that first spot. I don't see anybody coming and taking that. Uh, On the FPO side of things, 
In fifth, we have Katrina Allen. Fourth, Ella Hansen. Third, Owens Goggins. Second, Missy Gannon. Still in the top spot, even though she's been in Europe for the past month or two, is Kristen Tatar. Because she's the best, I guess. Yeah, I didn't think anyone was catching her in points. And now that she's going to be back in the States, definitely no one's catching her in points. I mean, her gap... Her gap is smaller than Calvin's, so not by much, but it is it is it's possible mainly because I feel like the level of competition in the FPO is smaller than the men. So like you're going to have your Katrina Allen's, Ella Hansen, Owen Scoggins, Missy Gannon's, like you'll have them at the top. In almost every event, it's rare to see one of them have a, have a like twentieth or worse place finish. Whereas on the men's side, like look at Gannon Burr this past week, he had for as good of a season as he's been, I think he finished like outside the maybe in the top fifteen, maybe. I don't know uh, if where he finished at. The, I think he was right there. I think he was. He finished tenth. He finished tenth place. Tied at tenth with Jake Ebenheimer. Right. So a guy like Jake Ebenheimer, who's not even in the top, you know, thirty players in points, finishes tenth, tied with Gannon. Like that. That's a little bit more rare on the FPO side of things, just because it's so top heavy. So I think the gap between Tatar and one of those people is. Easier to be made up than on the MPO side. That's fair. All out. <laughs> but this weekend is our second to last Silver Series. Uh, and this one is, man, is it slim pickings up in Ron- up in Rochester. Uh, it's, uh, it's the Jim Palmieri's 50th American Flying Disc Open presented by Dynamic Discs and it feels weird that this is a event on the Pro Tour just because there are very few like top level pros playing this event. Hold on. See, it, it only sounds weird because you're not giving it enough pizzazz. Alright, well give me some pizzazz. This is the 2023 Jim Palmieri's 50th American Flying Disc Open presented by Dynamic discs. It still feels weird. Hold on, let me try. <laughs> Jim Palmieri's fiftieth AFDO presented by Dynamic Discs. Hey, now I'm getting a little excited. Getting Is that better? I feel like I can really get behind it. <laughs> this does. We said this last week. Just the logo alone. This is like the Woodstock. Except this is probably Woodstock '99 with like how few like. <laughs> star power there is here but oh man well did you i i have zero idea what this course is going to be like did you look up any of that i haven't really had a chance to look it up today no it does just looking scrolling through the caddy book it is short um it's only 8800 feet so compared to some of the other courses they've been playing recently not too bad um it doesn't seem like there's a lot of elevation either um, and it looks it looks pretty wooded, so this will probably be a little bit more of a technical uh, course here. So, okay. But that's really all I got. I did not get a chance to. I don't know if this was a pro, if this was a pro tour event last year. I don't think so. 
Um, I think this is the first year it's been a Silver Series, which, again, it feels it feels like an odd choice to uh, to pick. Maybe it's because it's the 50th anniversary and it's an older tournament. It's been around for a long time. Um, maybe, maybe give it a little a little pizzazz, a little spark or something. But it feels weird. It's just it's just seems like a weird tournament yeah. there's a lot of trees uh some of the holes have a little bit of ob but i think that's partially because the holes are so close together they're just trying to avoid people throwing in each other's fairways um because if you look at the caddy book a lot of these holes are pretty stacked on top of each other so i gotcha i gotcha well uh you want to start us off with some predictions dalen you have yeah. a, a grand total of 16 FPO competitors to pick from. So, so. this is pretty crazy. It's kind of hard to pick. Yeah. All right. um, I feel like that's an understatement. So, <laughs> I mean, at this point, you just there's so many options. The coolest name. There's so many options. Like, why would I might want to pick Dan Traub <laughs> from Arondequoy, New York? Yeah, there you go. But I think that I'm going to pick um, the only Alabama fan that I like. Oh, Matty O. Drew Gibson? Oh. Matty O. (laughs) I don't like Drew Gibson. I don't hate Drew Gibson, but like, (laughs) he doesn't putt funny, so he's no good. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) And for the FPO, I only know one name. And I'm going to pick that one. I'm gonna pick Holly Finley because I've never seen another one of these people's names in my life. So you guys have you guys have fun. Thanks for letting me go first. All right. Um, Hi, Pete. How are you feeling? I'm. I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna reactionary okay. pick here because I have some options, but I'll, I'll let you pick first. All right, well, on the FPO side, uh, I'm going to go with the second highest rated player in the field after Dalen chose Holly Finley. I'm going to go Chantel Budinsky. Uh, she has played other events this year. Um, she also does have a YouTube channel uh, that she, I believe it's under the title Miss Frisbees. Um, I've watched a handful of her videos, so that's the only way that I know who the hell she is. But, yeah, I'm going to go Chantel Budinsky. On the MPO side of things, you know, me being the resident and seemingly only Isaac Robinson fan around here, I'm going to go with his brother, Ezra, and hope that he can uh, make the Robinson family proud. I appreciate you taking Ezra because that is the logical pick from who is left. Ezra is the only person I like less than Isaac. Oh my gosh. But I really wanted to pick Big Germ. Yeah, there you go. So thank you for giving me a reason to pick Big Germ. I figured that would be the case with you. <laughs> and you didn't want to pick ob- Zach Arlinghaus? Obviously, same as last week. If Manabu wins, then we all win. Um, I agree with that. But yeah, I'm going to go Big Germ for MPO. Uh, you know, always loved watching him on Jomez whenever he gets on coverage. He throws some fun shots. I remember last year when the Texas State Championship was at the old course and it had like that hole one, 400 foot wide open pyramid hole with the giant American flag on it. Yeah. He threw a Firebird Tomahawk and parked it. And I'm like, <laughs> why can't he do that all the time? So I'm going to go with Big Germ, uh, Jeremy Colling, 
for the MPO. For FPO, I was just going to go with the third highest rated player. <laughs> but Florida playing up in New York? Nah, we're not doing that. I'm going to go with the fourth highest rated player, Raven Klein, who at least is kind of used to that northern weather being from a northern state. It's the summer. I don't care. Um, yeah. Is Minnesota <laughs> further from New York than Florida? I don't think so. I'm going to find out real it quick. Might be. <laughs> She's from specifically Burnsville, Minnesota. Dalen, if okay, helps. hold on. And uh, where's the tournament? Rochester. And uh, the uh, Wid, Wid Boom is from Brooksville, Florida. Okay. So from Rochester to Burnsville is 1,016 miles. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Now from Rochester Ooh. to Brooksville, Florida. Okay. You got real quiet. I'm Googling. <laughs> this is, I mean, a thousand. Uh, way less far. Nope, way more far. 1,239 miles. Ah. So it's only a 200 mile difference, actually. That's not that much. All right. Anyway, I'm going to go with Raven Klein. Um, oddly enough, she's played event like pro tour events. But she hasn't played any of the silvers. This is her first silver series that she's playing. So, huh. you know, maybe with the lesser field, she'll be able to get a really good finish. Um, she had three wins in a row at a couple A tiers and a and a B tier, you know, while everybody was in Europe. So uh including one the Canadian national championships. Well so I mean, she has a one in sixteen chance, which is like six percent somewhere around there. Which I feel like is is pretty good odds if you go into a a pro tour event. You have a six percent chance of winning. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Did you happen to see where uh, Manabu finished last week? He was like sixty sixty six. This man's the highest rated disc golfer in the world. He finished 66. Listen, man, he's getting, like I said about Tatter. Does it really matter if it's not in the U.S.? <laughs> he's getting old, man. Finished first at the 30th Tokyo Open, first at the 35th National Championships, first at the 18th Kiyosata Namori Open, first at the 25th Nippon Open. First at the second Disc Golf Japan Series, and then 66th at the Discraft Great Lakes Open. Killing it. He's just doing his best. <laughs> I just I just find it crazy. <laughs> Highest disc golfer in the world comes over to America and gets destroyed. It's probably just jet lag. He'll do better this week. That's what it is. Yeah. It's jet lag from Japan. <laughs> it's daytime there right now. I mean, that is how time zones work, Pete. You are correct. Hey, now. <laughs> All right. Well, short episode, weird event this week, uh, but hopefully next week will be a lot better as it is the PDGA Pro World Championship. Uh, I'm excited for that one. That is always a good time. And it's on a good course up in Vermont. Wait, uh, you, you didn't put enough pizzazz on that one either. 
Well, then give me some fucking pizzazz, Pete. <laughs> Next week, the 2023 PDGA Professional Disc Golf World Championships presented by L.L. Bean. Somehow you just make it worse every time. <laughs> well, we we certainly appreciate all of y'all for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, if you're not following us on our socials, go do all that nonsense. Hop into the Discord. Come conversate with us in some form. Uh, we appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week for the aforementioned Pro Worlds Championship. Good chat.